we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also, Mike, in a moment, to tell you about this final entry into the Year in Preview series on the cusp of this, the nearly sixth month of this year that we are previewing. But we are going to put a bow on this series by giving you, as we do annually, our 100% accurate future Oscar picks, Michael. Yes, we don't know how we do it, but we somehow do it every year. <laughs> nobody notices. Uh, nobody goes back and checks, especially us. It's but, for the kids. Uh, we don't do it for the fame and glory. We do it for the kids. That's right. For the kids. Um, our next miniseries will also be for the kids that grew up <laughs> and then became our age. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that is, uh, we're watching those movies. They rhyme with uh, Aston. <laughs> 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 the jokes are going to zing today folks just mm-hmm. you wait oh my goodness i've been watching a lot of uh i've been watching a lot of uh lin-manuel miranda interviews and that, that's mm-hmm. therefore i used his catchphrase and uh we're watching a lot of fast and furious movies so i got like angry bro energy right now <laughs> <laughs> which is a really good tenor for us just in general i think throughout mike mike and oscar history but uh yeah today as we have done for the last couple of years we will be giving you our way too early oscar predictions for the biggest the the big six slash seven categories we will go through we will correctly name mm-hmm. every nominee the eventual winner that's right you can listen to it and then just forget about it and never double check us just take solace in knowing that you heard the correct predictions a full half year in advance in this case that is correct and we'll also go over the rest of the field just so you guys get a smattering of what might be out there movies that you might want to see that mm-hmm. we'll cover for the rest of the our year you know that we'll start with pretty soon with like a quiet place Two in the heights some movies that we right. we may or may not review and at certain different lengths whether it's at the front of a news episode or in its own oscar sprint profile but but that's our thing we do a year in preview series we got some mini series and then as the year goes along we review the movies we do the news shows and then we got our oscar programming it's it's kind of a tried and true formula at this point mike i uh i feel i feel good about it i'm also scared of it anew every year it's it's all performative from the, this is the episode you need to hear though this is where the information is this is where you can start placing your money now if you want to mike i, I don't even think i have a book that would offer any bets on future oscars but uh the odds are out there nonetheless so let's talk about uh, and if you didn't guess we're doing all this with our tongue firmly planted in our cheek i hope that's become obvious at this point but let's talk about animated feature mike it's a category and and a group of movies and potential nominees we haven't really touched on yet in this year in preview series at least not that much well except for luca right luca we were worried about in our last Mm -hmm. episode with swell you gave your feelings on that one and i am starting to go with you on it so this is a year without like the big pixar movie that is the assumed favorite going in right well encanto no is is or am i misremembering is encanto disney animated studios i thought encanto was pixar and that's look if Pixar's releasing a movie mm-hmm. that's the favorite in the room and it has been throughout pixar's history unless you're talking about you know cars 2 i think it's disney animation i think it's like uh okay. frozen something or other but yeah, I guess I guess you could say Encanto is the big favorite. I think we're both gonna pick it today. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I want it to be like Wendell and Wild, 
which is going to be the Key and Peel claymation <laughs> horror fantasy comedy thing on on Netflix. I, I, I go listen to the Nomcast. He did a great job of previewing over there. So, but that is a movie just made for me, Michael, in particular because I grew up on '80s claymation Christmas specials and whatnot. I don't know. Did you go, grow up on the same? Kind of thing. The yeah, well, I was races. never a fan of them. I was. I, I. I'm not a crazy. I'm, I'm not crazy about the whole claymation style of uh, storytelling. I think it's because of those Christmas movies. I was just like, I used to be jaded towards old media. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is stuff from the '60s. What do they know about having fun? <laughs> so you look back on the 1960s, the '60s, mm-hmm. and said they didn't know how to have fun. Right. Yeah. I was. A, I was an idiot. Is is the. Uh, what I was trying to say, the moral of that story. <laughs> well, um, you missed out, and hopefully you uh, will fake the nostalgia muscles and the, 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 the fake the nostalgia when we get to Wendell and Wilde that we'll hopefully review at some point. But we got a couple stop-motion things. We got Guillermo del Toro's long-awaited Pinocchio stop-motion also coming to Netflix. We got a uh, couple movies that you know people have seen already, Ryan the Last Dragon, I, I liked it. Story was kind of weak, but the animation was beautiful. Mitchell's and the Machines that we'll talk about in a second. Otherwise, some sequels like The Adams Family 2. We got The Boss Baby, Family Business. The, the long-awaited Boss Baby sequel, yes. The $527 million <laughs> Boss Baby of 2017's long-awaited sequel, Michael. Oscar-nominated Boss the Baby. The formerly Oscar-nominated. Tw- yes, exactly. <laughs> so... That's kind of like the limited field at the moment. Will there be a surprise Pixar movie? Will there be more stuff that Netflix buys at the end of the year? Probably. Uh, but that's the field before we get into our nominees here. So how about you start, Mike? What's your five? Well, I I thought Encanto was Pixar. You're right. It is Walt Disney Animation Studios. So I went in with the assumption that Encanto was going to win. But Disney Animation Studios have had a harder time, uh, you know, procuring Oscars for their animated films than Pixar. So mm-hmm. I do have Encanto on my list. I do think it's going to be the front runner just because Disney usually is. But that's going to be uh, my my one or at least one of my fives. I have Encanto, The Mitchells versus The Machine. I have not checked that out yet. I'm curious to hear your thoughts a little more in depth. Uh, I took Flea, which is currently ninth on Clayton Davis's list for Best Picture. Right. Uh, a quick recap tells the extraordinary true story of a man, Amin, Amin, I think, uh, on the verge of marriage, which compels him to reveal his hidden past for the first time. That's got an intriguing little hook to it. It's good. Uh, I, it's good. It's one of the again. It's one of the few movies at Sundance that I did see and like. And uh, it's, Good. it's drawn over like a documentary, but it's it, it's basically like this guy telling the story, this horrible family story. It's very sad. It's kind of long, and it, it packs an emotional wallop at the end. So it does a lot of what awards movies have done in other categories. I'd say I'd be curious if this works on the animation branch necessarily. Like it, its biggest hurdle might be just getting into the nomination five because they don't always nominate sad movies they do once in a while but so this is a situation where it would be a trendsetter if it actually won i mean if it's if it's not a movie meant for families and it actually won that would be that would be fascinating 
Interesting. Well, they, I mean, at least it's got legs right now. Like it's stand up and, and you know it's a, a quality picture, but it does have a long race to run to make it to the nomination stage if it's already out, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fourth movie, I picked Apollo 10.5, Richard Linklater film. Obviously, he's probably best known for doing Boyhood, at least recently, but I loved A Scanner Darkly, which was its own kind of animated film. So you're I the think. one. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked it. I really did like that movie. So I picked Apollo Ten and a Half, knowing nothing about it other than Richard Linklater was behind a Scanner Darkly and has a, a history with somewhat animated films already. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far I could tell, you're <laughs> biting well, your tongue there. I'm just regretting the joke that I made from a Hallmark movie of the guy who's like the you know the writer, mm-hmm. and somebody says they bought his book, and he's like, "You're the every Hallmark." Yeah, so I just used that joke and realized it. So I was just sitting here upset at myself <laughs> just ruining the moment of a joke already made i've it's i've the been there time. i've done it in this episode <laughs> uh as far as my fifth slot there's nothing of note on the slate coming out this year at least not yet from studio ghibli or Leica, mm-hmm. which uh Leica is focusing their efforts on their first live action adaptation for 2022 with a movie called 17 so I went with the bad guys from DreamWorks and Universal that's due out in the late summer. It's penned by Etan Cohen of Tropic Thunder. It's <laughs> supposed to be based on a Scholastic book series. And it, from the Wikipedia article, the quote given, it has hopes to change heist movies in the way Shrek changed fairy tales. Those are high aspirations, and if they can accomplish that, why wouldn't it have some notoriety in terms of maybe some awards legs? I would love a Shrek for heist movies. I love heist movies. I love Same. Rick and Morty talking about heist movies. Mm-hmm. So I love heist movie <laughs> animation, some things or others. So that's that's cool. I have been like watching for the first time. It's not a rewatch. A bunch of the Studio Ghibli movies that I've missed. I've been watching those on HBO Max lately. I, I finally yeah. saw My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, uh, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. It was actually some really cool science fiction, to be honest. So. Huh. That's been cool. I've been mowing those down lately, but uh, and probably the rewatch we should have done. <laughs> Other than <laughs> no, what we're gonna no. do, we're doing the proper one. <laughs> we're doing the proper one. But listen, the Studio Ghibli, if they come out with something, it's probably going to be a contender. I wonder if they rushed Earwig and the Witch to release it last year overseas yeah. during the pandemic with with you know the the lapse of kids content new kids content i wonder if hbo max pushed them to to get that out there so maybe they're but without even still if now. they if they did it wasn't you know last year i think was a relatively weaker year for animation overall i mean we it was tough to dice to analyze really because soul was wire to wire the front runner but if it if it didn't mm. if it came out last year and wasn't really a contender well, Who some things got pushed from the major studios, I would say, but I, I think, like Mitchell's in versus the Machines for one. But I don't know. I think it were Cartoon Saloon put out Wolfwalkers. I mean, I guess it was top heavy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, look, Over the Moon, <laughs> Sean the Sheep Farmageddon, not my favorite films of the year, even though I kind of enjoyed them in, in my own way. But and also because Sean the Sheep movie of Farmageddon is the greatest movie and title of all time. But we, yeah, but we. <laughs> But we didn't we didn't give it the full Oscar sprint profile right. when it came out. So the fact that you're jumping on the Shaun the Sheep bandwagon now. Oh, I know nothing about it. I, I just love the title. I did not see it. <laughs> Onward. We liked Onward and, and Soul and Wolfwalkers. So yes. anyway, uh, I, I thought I thought those three were as strong as, as they get. But look, 
Flea is the Sundance true story, like we said. I'm picking it for a nomination as well. I think it's already got great buzz, and the fact that it's being being put in best picture lists is going to keep that buzz going. And Canto is going to be both our picks. Mm-hmm. The Mitchells versus the Machines, Mike, is fun. It's kind of undislikable. The story is complete jackassery i mean it's just <laughs> absurd like that's the thing like even cloudy with a chance of meatballs they made the story work i thought and spider-verse they made the story work they made it make sense but this mm-hmm. is just like a regular family who does regular family things and then they do like outlandish superhero stuff at the end it makes no sense <laughs> i'm okay with it because it's funny and they make pug jokes pug, well there you go yeah dog yeah, they get they're Joke. checking it off the list is right. what they're doing, the important stuff. But this is going to be a big year for, for Netflix, I think. I think mm-hmm. this is this has been long brewing. Netflix has been ramping up in terms of their animation acquisitions over the years. The fact that they had a larger pact with Sony Animation going into this year, and they've expanded that since their big deal with Sony. So... Wish Dragon is coming from net, uh, to Netflix. Vivo, which is going to be a Lin-Manuel Miranda yep. musical coming, I think, later. So Vivo is going to go up against Encanto. And I was tempted to pick Vivo today, but like you, I am also going to go with Encanto because it's Big Disney. The brand is right. there. But you never know. Netflix may may really challenge. It looked like they were going to challenge a couple years ago with Claws, and this may be the year where they really challenge Disney. So Mitchell's versus the machine versus something that we've seen from Netflix recently, like over the moon, uh, how, how, you know, are they similarly in, ridiculous because over the moon we thought might have traction last year in award season. It never really got there. Is yeah. Mitchell's versus the machine more awards friendly. You think? I think Mitchell's versus the machines has been better received just okay. based on, you know, rotten tomato scores, 97% and the men scores crazy high for Mitchell's versus the machines. Everybody liked it as this big animation offering this spring. I think it actually is doing what they hoped the Willoughby's would have done last year, Mm. Netflix. So Mitchell's versus the machines was an acquisition, uh, heading into this season. It wasn't something that there was, you know, planned to be released on Netflix. So it was just like Netflix saying, yeah, let's have another animation movie at the end of the pandemic that everybody will watch and enjoy, families included. And it, it was a huge hit. Everybody loved it, and I, myself included. So it's it, like you said, you, you, it's one of those cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Is it Lord and Miller produced movies? Yeah, so it's, it's one of those that uh, it's hard to dislike, even though it's pure poppycock. <laughs> pure, pure poppycock all right that's animated feature so you can mark that one off your list you have the winner and the nominees for that let's move on to uh the the big six as they're known and we'll start with supporting actress michael yeah there's seven former oscar winners in the mix there's six former nominees here i think there's some big names michael kate blanchett Anne Hathaway, Angelina Jolie, Marley Matlin, and Coda, who I saw. I I can't really say she's going to do it, you know, because she's kind of this likable mom character that's funny, and I don't know. I would think if if she was a surefire nominee, uh, there would be a lot more groundswell right now for her. I would be surprised if she got in. I, 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 I loved her character. Uh, I think she again. She's she's very entertaining in the film. I, I don't know. We have uh, Julianne Moore, Dear Evan Hansen, Amy Ryan, Emma Thompson, Alicia Vikander. Okay, in movies that I would be surprised that would get nominated, like Worth was a 2018 
acquisition from Netflix there, uh, mm-hmm. from Sundance. Probably not, even though there's some big names. Michael Keaton's in that movie. We didn't even go over it in the last episode because it just seems like a retread acquisition. Emma Thompson in Cruella, like she looks very, what was uh, what was Meryl Streep's role? The Devil Wears Prada. She looks right. very Devil Wears Prada, which I'm in for. And Alicia Vikander might be overshadowed by Alicia Vikander in, uh, in Blue Bayou from A Green Night there. So those are the former winners, Mike. Uh, any of the former nominees kind of strike you here and then there's some big names and mmo favorite names uh i hope tony collette does <laughs> you know she's got that role in nightmare alley and she's been a favorite of us for a long time and obviously you go back and listen to our stuff from a couple years ago we were all over her for hereditary we thought that was a huge snub so i would love to see her finally get the recognition that we think she's due her being in a horse movie notwithstanding uh, i'm not going to hold that against her too much i think house of gucci is going to be a big player uh it just anything that releases a set photo mm-hmm. to me at this point i mean just because that's been such the blueprint for oscar's success or at least certainly nominating success to me that suggests the studio knows they have something and obviously that set photo of adam driver and lady gaga from house of gucci set the internet on fire a couple weeks ago so i would not be surprised to see that i think what's you're gonna hear me say a couple times though and it's already prevalent just talking about supporting actress this year is going to be bonkers if all these movies live up to their potential and their hype because everything got pushed back or a lot of things at least got pushed back. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to have just this loaded field of potential acting choices and potential movies to pick from. And I, I think that's, like I said, it's already showing itself here. I mean, we've been talking about this category for a few minutes already. We're just getting to something like House of Gucci. We're just getting to something like Tony Collette, who we thought should have been a contender for lead actress a couple years ago already. So it's going to be for a lesser known performance, I think, to kind of own a category. I really think it's going to have to be something special this year, the way it's at least looking on paper. Maria Bakalova broke through last year as kind of this up and comer. Yep. I don't I don't know if that happens this year. I don't necessarily know. Same. If the up and comers will just knock on the door, or if they'll break through, because we we have so many people that are due, like you're saying, we have Salma Hayek, who I'll mention later, Sally Hawkins, Abigail Breslin, probably not, because that's a July release for Stillwater, but Sally Hawkins is going to be in Spencer, opposite Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. We have Ruth Nega in Passing, probably a movie that would have gotten a ton more attention last year, uh, especially. At the end there, with the Sundance launch, we saw that work for Judas and the Black Messiah. They right. didn't go that route at Netflix, because probably because they had too much at Netflix. So, up-and-comers, though, go beyond the former nominees. I mean, Zazie Beetz is going to be in two movies that we know of, The Harder They Fall, and Nine Days. Michael, we've loved her. We've loved her in, in Joker. We've loved her in a bunch of movies. I know she's good in Nine Days. I don't think that'll get nominated. Gemma Chan's another one from Crazy Rich Asians and the MCU. I have a lot of hope. I think like you do for the Eternals to be something special too. And obviously Gemma Chan is in the, the Eternals. She's also in don't worry, darling, which is another one. I mean, this is the other thing we We have properties we know are going to be something at least unique, if not special, if not outright good already. Cause you never really know until you see the movie, mm-hmm. except for us. We do in this episode every year. That's why it's a hundred percent accurate, but that's right. On paper, Don't Worry Darling is something very, very intriguing. If you follow that process through the pre-production, the bidding process, everyone loves Olivia Wilde's work. She had borderline Academy success already with uh, Booksmart. So 
I'm hopeful. Gemma Chan's in a couple, you know, but that I think that's the type of resume it's going to take. You're going to have to put forth a very special performance in something that already has notoriety. Man, it's going to be a tough year for something that to come out of the woodwork. It, it, it might be. That's why I'm, I'm wondering if the actresses who have already knocked on the door will have the better opportunity. Like a Thomas and McKenzie has already been critically acclaimed and leave no trace. Yeah. Almost got a nom has already been in like top tens from Jojo rabbit. So maybe she will just dazzle us in last night in Soho. And I don't know if she's the main character, if Anya Taylor joy is the main character, but someone is going to be the Han Solo character that they meet when they go back in time to the sixties fashion industry world. I don't yeah, know. Somebody's which, somebody's the friend of somebody having their last night in Soho. Right. Right. But Thomas <laughs> and Mackenzie's got two juicy roles here. And she's going to be going against Benedict Cumberbatch in the power of the dog, the Jane Campion movie. And mm-hmm. she's making, just shocked faces in those stills from old Michael <laughs> where she grows old in one day that we talked about with Amanda there. So that, that, that could be fun too. So she could have that overall body of work type of year plus, you know, the, the, the superlatives, but I just, it's hard to pick these, these actresses in a year as loaded as this one. How about, how about some MMO favorites that uh, we've been talking about over the years? Yeah, I mean, we have Rebecca Ferguson, who we thought did a fantastic job in Doctor Sleep. We loved her in the Mission Impossible series. She's obviously going to be in Dune. You have The Card Counter is a Paul Schrader movie we touched on a couple episodes ago. Tiffany Haddish was someone I just mentioned that I'm excited to see in that. Hopefully it's maybe more of a gritty performance. We could see her spread her wings. Now, uh, do you want that movie to be so good it hurts, or just you need that movie to be well-made? That's a movie about gambling and counting cards. I like Downers. Like, I, I think Downers can really do well, especially for, uh, you know, to, to enhance a movie's overall score for me. I, he, life is depressing, Michael. I don't know if you've... <laughs> well, gambling has a certain, you know, end result for most oh. people. But... Oh, it has an end result. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry Jones, the eyes of Tammy Faye. She's always a lawyer. Uh, she's always a rich woman. And here she is in... Uh... This movie from Michael Showalter, <laughs> Jessica Chastain, Andrew, Gar- Andrew Garfield. We posted the still in our last collage there. I have no out. idea what that movie is going to be. For everything I think I can like at least presume or make an assumption of on paper, that one I, escapes me. She'll be the character I hate the least, though, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm hoping. Cherry Jones. But uh, she's long overdue. Great career there. Elizabeth Moss. She's from Next Goal Wins, Michael. And she's going to be opposite Michael Fassbender in the Taika Waititi movie there. Going to be riding the uh, the coattails of some Ted Lasso success, maybe. <laughs> going uh, with the Taika Waititi touch. Oh, I hope so. I love Ted Lasso. You love Ted Lasso. The yes. whole world loves Ted Lasso. <laughs> All right, how about two actresses in a movie that I'm worried about? Alia Shawkat and Nina Arianda. Nina Arianda is going to play the legendary Vivian Vance in the uh, in the Being the Ricardos. What's her name? Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball movie. I forgot <laughs> Lucille Ball's name. <laughs> and then uh, what's her face, face there? I love who. Nicole Kidman's face was staring at me from the undoing, and I'm supposed to believe <laughs> that she can be Lucia Ball. 
This is. I I will admit there's. I do think there's reason to worry about that, and you've you've been doing a good job hitting on, you know, why haven't we seen more from those set photos if that's going to be Amazon's big contender? But, uh, yeah. We also have some Emmy, formerly Emmy-nominated uh, actresses who could mm-hmm. be in the mix here this year as well. Gabby Hoffman doing Come On, Come On. She's been nominated for three Emmys from Transparent and Girls. Road Tripper, um, Joaquin Phoenix there, Gabby Hoffman. So that'll be interesting. Samara Wiley, she's going to be in Red, White, and Water uh, alongside Jennifer Lawrence, and she's going to be in Finch, that Tom Hanks electric dog movie. <laughs> he's got to he's gotta give a, a robot to his dog because it's the end of the world and he's the last man on Earth, right? So, Do Tom Hanks' dream of electric dogs. Uh, Zendaya, also going to be in Dune, obviously. She flirted with uh, Academy success this year. I... I'm rooting for her. I'm rooting for Dune hard, and I, I'm hoping that uh, Denis Villeneuve makes that work. I just am so worried. Like whenever, like whenever there's a Don Quixote movie now, like I'm yeah. worried about that. After after you make a documentary about a s- untellable story, mm-hmm. like, how how do you then make it a a, a tentpole blockbuster in the in, in the future? Like I, I'm just I'm impressed with WB, but I'm worried for WB. Well, let's keep that train about being worried about big properties going, at least, and talk about who will for sure be the nominees. Uh, I'm borrowing a pick from you mm-hmm. from last year's show, uh, Jody Comer, for The Last Duel. Now, this could be a case of a single nom from a movie for her, or maybe I'm just way off on The Last Duel with my worries and concerns about it altogether. But either way, Nicole Hall of Center, mm-hmm. being involved in the writing process, I mean, Nicole Hall of Center knows how to write for a, a, a intriguing, a captivating story for a strong female character. Can you ever forgive me, case in mm-hmm. point, after I, I botched the title 17 times before you added <laughs> me in there? Can't but, you ever drink a water? What was I going? Can My you ever God. dream of electric sheep? Yeah. But, but if it, this movie, The Last Duel, it kind of demands... For Jodie Comer's character to be handled properly in order for that to have any kind of success for the viewing public in 2021. So I I think there's a great chance here that Jodie Comer's character in The Last Duel, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to our uh, top 10 uh, worried films with Swell, Down the Well with Swell, our last episode. But I I think there's a chance here for Jodie Comer's character to really rise above the rest of that film. Yeah, we didn't work on the subtitle of that last episode enough. We worked on the main <laughs> title, which was great, Down the Well with Swell. And we keep calling it different things. Mm-hmm, true. Otherwise. That's, all, that's on us. Jodie Comer's got great hair in those stills. It's Princess Leia-like now. <laughs> Is that a plus or a minus, I wonder? But that's all I, that's all I can analyze. Like you said, it's such a dicey part that mm-hmm. I, we hope Nicole Hall of Center and company and Jodie Comer there, they get it right. I yes yes absolutely we, fingers crossed that's going to be an interesting interesting play all throughout uh, awards season as we get up to it Kirsten Dunst from The Power of the Dog look I you have that. an Oscar winning screenwriter in this who's also an Oscar nominated director in Jane Campion Kirsten Dunst is a veteran actress she's in search of her first ever Oscar nom there's a premise to this movie that suggests she may be a major player mm-hmm. to the extent I know she's currently listed on some lead actress list but Every year, we get a category fraud, and oh, yeah. if there's enough here 
where, you know, maybe Benabel Cumberdill is the head and shoulders lead character of that. Maybe the studio is okay pushing Kirsten Dunst in the supporting category because they think there's a better chance at success there for her. Maybe M. Night just doesn't handle the reaction shots well enough with uh, Thompson McKenzie, and she disqualifies herself from that movie <laughs> that nobody can, you know, look at her the same way in this movie, and therefore Kirsten Dunst is the beneficiary and supporting actress. There you go. It's a, it, tale as old as time is how we saw that one. <laughs> as far as my third nominee that I was picking, I'm between Anya Taylor Joy or Zoe Saldana. Somebody from the David O. Russell project's getting nominated because three things happen when David O. Russell makes a movie. One mm-hmm. is we get a hell of a film with wacky production stories. Two mm. is Christian Bale gets nominated. That's right. And three, a supporting actress gets nominated. I don't know who the lead supporting actress is going to be for that one, for mm-hmm. the, uh, the what's it called, the Canterbury Glass now? I hope they change the title. It's kind of a weird movie title. <laughs> Canterbury, it just reminds you of like... You know, the, the night that get uh, just a flesh wound. <laughs> Monty Python. No? Or am I, am I thinking of the wrong night? It just reminds I, me of old-timey nights. Medieval nights. I guess. I, it does not remind me of that at all, but I'm... Canterbury Tales? Isn't that nights? I, uh, did I, I know, skip that reading? Did I just read the cliff notes? Yes, I, I know what the I know the Canterbury Tales is a thing which exists. It's medieval literature. I, oh, okay. I could, under pain of death, I couldn't tell you what it's about. I'm guessing King Arthur. <laughs> I'll I'll agree with you just for the uh, the sake of knowing absolutely nothing about it. But yeah, I, one of those one of these supporting whoever the lead supporting actress there's a phrase That's is right. from that movie. Uh, I like their chances, Michael. What about you? Okay, so you have three there. You'll finish with your last two. I have I have surprisingly one pick that one of us made from last year as well, but I think we swapped. I think we swapped actresses. Like, I picked Jodie Comer last mm-hmm. year, but I'm not picking her this year. I think you picked Anjanu Ellis last I did. year. Yeah. From King Richard. Yep. And I'm picking her this year. So I just, I, I think we're weird. I think we are just in this weird hive brain kind of thing, you and me. In the spirit of draft season, we made a trade. We did. We made a trade. So mm-hmm. I'm picking Anjanu Ellis. She's playing the mother of the Williams sisters in King Richard there. Juicy part. She's going to have to go toe-to-toe with Will Smith the whole movie. I'm, I'm, I'm watching her, and if Beale Street could talk, I'm watching her career. I know she's got the chops, so Anjanu Ellis. Ariana DeBose hosting the Oscars pre-show, being the new face of West Side Story. Yeah. I think that could play. I think she's she could have that break because there's usually a breakout uh, breakout actress every every year in in the you know in the twenty nominated actors right there's usually that and yeah. I'm wondering if it's her I'm wondering if it's Alexandra Ship I'm wondering if it's Beatrice or uh, the lead in uh, West Side Story here who Amanda mentioned who I can't whose name I don't know because I don't know what the kids watch these days. <laughs> I anyway, can't remember her name either, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> we get the lead actress, I'll mention her. But okay, the musicals continue to do well because Olga Merides in In the Heights is one of my five nominees. The buzz is just so strong here, Michael. She wowed everybody. She reminded everybody of their grandmother that, that has reviewed In the Heights up till now. So we're very excited to get uh, our reviewing on Within the Heights and... It, She's stealing the show, so I'm thinking that is the, a perfect opportunity for trends to continue. We've seen these many trends continue year after year. It might be just an irresistible nomination uh, for In the Heights there. 
This could be a, uh, a category where In the Heights and West Side Story end up going head-to-head, which would be certainly its own kind of fascinating uh, subplot. So, I don't know who your last two nominees are going to be, but I'm going with I'm going with Martha Plimpton or Ann Down from, from Mass. I've I, I seen this movie, mm-hmm. and I know they're both great. They're just fantastic in it. It's very sad. It could easily be snubbed. Like, this could be my weakest... Like, I'm feeling the weakest vibes on this movie because it could easily be sub, snubbed because it's just so sad, and it's just in the church basement, four actors in a room acting the hell out of out of that script and Martha Plimpton who if you don't know that name she's in the Goonies she's the girl with oh, the glasses wow. in the Goonies wow like the, the older sister's best friend and she grew up into this phenomenal actress long career and she goes off in this movie she's so good and Dowd of course is so good in everything so this could be the year where a lot of MMO issues slash you know, things of in- persons of interest come to a head, Michael. But I'm I'm wondering if you're going to go with me on this last nominee, Salma Hayek of House of Gucci. Yeah, got it. I, right? It's going to be a monster. I think. I think House of Gucci is going to be. I, I think there's a couple movies this year that are already shaping up. Again, if they live up to their potential to be kind of those bordering on double digit Oscar noms, Salma Hayek is definitely someone I was leaning towards, uh, just because of the power of that that film i wanted to put somebody from in the heights west side story less so but i i was so close to including honestly like every single one of the nominees that you picked um and it just just goes to show what a big field this is i will settle on salma hayek and i'm going for a shot in the dark lashana lynch no time to die why not if she's getting the reins and she's going to be a supporting player and we know it and no time to die was already positioned once to be in in the oscars release schedule last year after it was moved off of april it's again being positioned in kind of an oscar release window i'm going for it why not lashana lynch congratulations on your nomination so amazon did how well last year with supporting actors uh they got leslie odom (laughs) Mm -hmm. they they got paul racy Mm -hmm. all right so uh, there's a track record there. So after MGM sells, Amazon could, uh, could push Lashana Lynch in, in this crazy year. It's almost like you did a rewatch of uh, all the James Bond movies or something. <laughs> I would love for that to happen. I'm, I'm going with Salma Hayek on the win, Michael. Just reading about Giuseppina Ariema. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say it like that, but I'm Italian, so I, maybe I could. I don't know. What a mess of a human being this real person was. I don't really want to know much more than I read. This may be one of the rare times, Michael, where, look, you, you know I'm a braggadocious book reader. Mm-hmm. Insufferable. I will tell you I've read all the books, if I can. <laughs> I'm on Goodreads. I'm just annoying. And this may be a book where I'm like... I will not read it beforehand because I just want to see the movie first. How about you? Will you go and read the Forbes article? Or do you have to know how the Gucci murder really happened? Did I just spoil it by saying Gucci murder? What What are you going to do no. heading into that? I mean, I, I will likely familiarize. I know I've already done research on it just because, you know, famous murders or true crime stuff. I'm a sucker like most people are for that for that type of thing. So I know it's already like in the back of my head somewhere, but I probably will go and, and prep myself a little bit to familiarize myself with the story. I think there's 
Look, again, I think Hasaguchi, there's a lot of reason to believe that Samahaya could be a force and could be the eventual winner here of this category. I think that's a great pick. And again, I'm not going to pick her, but I'm going to pick the other one that I think could be a nomination and awards monster from Canterbury Glass. Whoever that, that lead supporting actress is, I mean, my God, if they can do anything like Melissa Leo was positioned to do in David O. Russell's The Fighter, mm-hmm. who did win the supporting actress... It just makes sense to me. So whether that's Zoe Saldana or whether that's Anya Taylor-Joy, and how appropriate would it be to be Anya Taylor-Joy after the year she just had last year, uh, that's what I'm going with. So congratulations on the eventual tie that will be the lead supporting actress from David O. Russell's movie and Salma Hayek from House of Gucci. So we've said this before. They said it on Game of Thrones, but prophecies aren't always clear even though they're true right <laughs> so, you, so you see th- some things through the crystal ball haze but mm-hmm. you can't just put you know, you know so you said the actress will right. come forth out exactly of the i mean we can't do all the work you know there's got to be that's some right. surprises we leave for oscar sunday next year and there you go okay mm-hmm. so that's supporting actress let's move on to supporting actor michael we have nine former oscar winners who jumps out to you of those nine who jumps out to me I don't know (laughs) because we're dealing with a lot. I mean, these are all huge names. Obviously they've already won, but like we're dealing with Ben Affleck. We're dealing with Adrian Brody from, Mm -hmm. from blonde, which is a movie we have not yet mentioned in this episode. Uh, Matt Damon is here for a couple movies. Benicio del Toro, the French dispatch, Mark Rylance, the way of the wind Forrest Whitaker for respect. Rami Malek, who just won a couple years ago is going to be in Canterbury glass. Obviously Robert De Niro killers of the flower moon. He's also in, uh, yeah, he's got a, another credit. I think he's actually in the David O. Russell one, if I yeah, remember correctly. Yeah, he's in probably. a couple. Yep, so, again, it's another category dealing with the cream of the crop, who are going to be in a couple entries, and it's just a loaded field. That doesn't even go on to mention the Oscar noms that are also here, like Timothy Chalamet and Willem Dafoe and Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield, who themselves also appear in multiple films this year. So, my God. God, what a category. I'm wondering if the French Dispatch is going to hit at Cannes, and then we're going to be all reassessing this because there's so many big names in there from Francis McDormand to Bill Murray. I wonder if Nightmare Alley is going to deliver. And and that's another property, Mike. Like, yeah. Are you going to seek out the original Nightmare Alley movie? Should I read the original book? Like, I just did my audible cue last night what should i buy next with my credit is what i'm asking the people i guess it's what i'm asking you which which movie do you want me to be insufferable about going forward killers of the flower moon house of gucci nightmare alley yes all of those please (laughs) so you like so you this is like a sick codependency of yours for me to just oh i like yeah i absolutely like hearing your your takes and how to how they compare to literature and Mm. it keeps me from having to open a book which i swore off doing once i completed law school the tender bar is also another one but we know the uncle (laughs) did it and ben affleck's playing the uncle i probably shouldn't have included ben affleck there but he because he's one as a writer and a producer not as an actor but all right so 17 names as former Oscar winners or nominees, just heading into this, Michael, we have other intriguing names, MMO favorites here. Idris Elba, the harder they fall is where I'm shining a light on him right now. Maybe 3,000 years of longing for their best actor. But uh, look, I mean, Globe winner, 
uh, from Luther, SAG winner, from Beasts of No Nation. He's already knocked on the door. And lately, when he's in a big movie, he's in a big drama, he's delivered as well. Concrete Cowboy, Molly's Game. I won't mention that movie with the things that were crawling on the ground, whatever those things were that they had to, you know, uh, do a lot of VFX on afterwards just so they didn't, you know, break NC-17 ratings. What, are you, what is that? I don't know which one you're talking about. All right. Amanda gets the joke now, but you don't get it? I, no, I don't understand it. The cats, the butthole cut. Everybody. Oh, oh, were, oh, oh. Whoopsie. Oh, okay, we, okay. Had, we made a movie about singing <laughs> cat people, and it was hilarious for us for a year or more. I, I had and no they're all idea in tights. what you were referencing. Everybody could see their buttholes, and then. People don't usually describe the felines as crawling on the ground, though. I don't know what the cats do. They crawl. Anyway, <laughs> Idris Elba's trying to hype him up. And here I've just... I have no, just... keep hyping him. He's officially one of my picks. It's time. I mean, The Heart of They Fall has a lot of... It's on a lot of lists. Clayton Davis, I think, has it as like number four on his best picture list. Good. Idris Elba's a well-established name. He's flirted with Oscar's relevancy already. Like you said, he's known to the acting branch. I, he's one of my nominees. And I shouldn't have gone into him then because we were saving those and I forgot to read him out. But okay, Brendan Gleeson <laughs> is, uh, is not one of your nominees, right? Is, he is not, no. Okay, I, I will talk about Brendan. We haven't Brendan... talked about the Macbeth movie much at all. Well, here's the thing. it's We don't know what it is yet from Joe yeah. Cohen, Francis McDormand, and Denzel Washington are the stars, their lady in uh, the, the, the bar. What is he called? Anyway, he's got the a one word name oh. that I don't remember from school, Macbeth. The, the tramp. tramp. The tramp, lady yeah. of the tramp. <laughs> the tragedy of Macbeth could be weird. I'm not necessarily believing it's a total Oscars contender yet, but Brendan Gleeson is going to be in that. But he's also going to be in John Michael McDonough's movie. He, he was, he's been in, in Bruges, the uh, Martin McDonough movie, and the McDonough mm-hmm. brothers. They make movies with Brendan Gleeson's, and Brendan Gleeson's is great in those movies. Yeah. So... The Guard, Calvary, In Bruges, one, two, three. It's time for Brendan Gleeson. I, I worry that those movies will be too weird, though. I think there's reason to be at least skeptical about Macbeth. I agree. But again, if you have Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington in a movie that's helmed by a Cohen, it, it's going to have at least be in the discussions for awards contention until it's proved to be otherwise. Well, we've seen... Denzel Washington do Shakespeare, though, before, and he's mm. done it very well with uh, the comedy. Now I'm forgetting it. I'm just turning into my parents. You are. So this, is, this is a total Your Father episode for you right now. The Forgiven <laughs> is the uh, John Michael McDonough movie Brendan Gleeson's going to be in. But all right, Paul Walter Hauser getting rave reviews already from Cruella. We may have missed the mark, Michael, on Cruella right now because Emma Thompson was in our last conversation. Paul Walter Hauser is now in this conversation. Emma Stone is going to be in our later conversation. Yeah, let's get Paul Walter Hauser a freaking Oscar nom. I'd be thrilled with that, obviously. I am rooting for him. I'm worried about us being worried about it previously, though. (laughs) Well, again, it's gotten better reviews than I thought it would. To start. Right. So that's something. It is something. Hopefully they don't lead lean into the dog killing and we'll all be happy, <laughs> right? All right, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons is coming off a year. I'm thinking of ending things. Judas and the Black Messiah. Two great performances from Jesse Plemons. We've eschewed his nickname. We will never speak of it again. <laughs> he is at war with the Cumberland Law batch, whatever. 
let's go. Let's go. Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog. He's been in a lot of uh, awards-friendly movies the last couple of years, so he's, his face has gotten in front of the right people. That's cert- That's for sure. That's right. Now, Bradley Whitford is a name I was very excited to bring up today. Eric! Thank you. I, I paused on purpose. <laughs> Look, he and Jordan Peele raised a ton of money uh, last year for good causes. We were cheering them on them. Uh, we were cheering them on then, Michael. He was uh, great in Get Out, Cabin in the Woods. He has been chewing scenery in these Godzilla movies, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's always good when he's in the secret all you know the war room from uh what's that uh, stanley kubrick movie there here i am again my god <laughs> dr strange love dr strange love and you just mentioned dr strange before and my mm-hmm. brain still couldn't get there mm-hmm. and he's always josh lyman bradley whitford is always joshua lyman in my book from the west wing so bradley whitford would be really cool to see in a supporting actor five Tick Tick Boom is also very high in Clayton David's Best Picture list already, so that's another one that's a that it, it could come to fruition if it lives up to its own hype. But we have a burden, we have a blessing, we have a curse mm-hmm. with these predictive Absolutely. powers, Michael. So you've already, by accident, I, I I stepped on your Aegis Elba pick. Yes. What else you got for supporting actor? How about Timothy Chalamet returning to uh, Oscars nominating and Oscar the Oscars field for either Don't Look Up or Ten Years of Wes Anderson. Which is AKA the French the French dispatch there. I wanted to put Jeffrey Wright here because oh, cool. in the listing of all the people that are in the French dispatch, he actually has a shot of himself with a credit on it as and he's the third name listed for a movie nice. which lists literally like two full lists of A listers. So I think he might have a bigger role than some of the others in the French dispatch. But I put Chalamet again just for the reason of underscoring how many A-list stars have multiple movies coming out and multiple chances to wow us and put their name in the Oscars conversation? These two for T- Chalamet. Uh, Leo, we've talked about the two he's in. Idris Elba has two. Ben Affleck, Michael B. Jordan, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, the list goes on and on with how many chances these established big Oscar contenders are going to have to uh, to wow us and have their name be called uh, for Oscars nominating purposes. So uh, I'm, I feel good about Elba. I feel... Okay about Chalamet, I really wanted to put Jeffrey Wright, but we also share, I think, three others, Mike. Yeah, I think I think it's hard to bet against some of the established names. Mm-hmm, and agree. I want to go with an up-and-comer like Brian Tyree Henry, who's going to have a couple of chances, right? He's going to be in Cyrano, the Joe Wright musical from MGM, that'll hopefully be on Amazon, I guess, at the end of the day. <laughs> but he's going to be in Eternals. He's going to be in Red, White, and Water. This is a guy who's been great in everything that we've reviewed him in, yeah. for Christ's sake. Beale Street, Widows, Joker, Spider-Verse. And, uh, of course, he's Emmy-nominated twice for Atlanta, I believe. So we have Brian Tyree Henry having already knocked on the door in years previous, being that character actor that we always root for at the end of the day. Like, this is what supporting actor should be about sometimes. Like, that's why the Paul Racy nominee was so satisfying. Hell, that's why the Yeo Jung-yoon nominee. Yeah, and, and absolutely. So much fun because it's such a it's such a journeyman category at sometimes these are overlooked actors and Brian Tyree Henry, even though he's stealing the show in Godzilla versus Kong, it, it would be really cool to see him here. Let's get let, I mean he's been a favorite of ours for a while too. And I yeah, look, the those supporting roles help deepen the world and help invest you more in the film. So I, I I'm hopeful Brian Tyree Henry can join that field. He's one of uh the three that we share. Yes. Now, I think I'm going to be predicting this in every 
100% accurate <laughs> with twirly <laughs> predictions. But I want a father-son Washington nominee, dual yeah, nominee. I know John, you do. <laughs> John David Washington is going to be in the David O. Russell movie. I think he's going to be in a major part, so I don't know if he'll necessarily be the supporting actor, but if Christian Bale is in lead right, yes. you would guess that maybe we have a category fraud situation here, but he could he could benefit from that. So it's going to be a huge epic movie. He's his business partner, I'm guessing, right? So last year he was great in Tenet, and last year he was great in Malcolm and Marie. I thought John David Washington will be a nominee for me as well. Okay, so which of these three big names are we going to go with here? I'm at, Well, I'm going to go with all three, Michael, but are you going with Adam Driver, Bradley Cooper, and or Robert De Niro? Which two do you pick? Those first two stick out to me, Adam Driver and Bradley Cooper. Adam Driver was so close. I mean... He had this wave of momentum that just kind of crashed just before Oscars Sunday, just before Oscars voting when it, uh, with a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, here I go now with, with the uh, the movie with Scarlett Johansson from Netflix. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> marriage Story, Marriage, marriage story. story. Thank you. Thank God. I was going to just say Noah Baumbach, but yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he's a guy who's he's there. And Bradley Cooper, you can make the exact same argument, but those two, they're in high-profile movies, they're high-profile actors in their own right, uh, they have a couple bites at the apple, whether you want to talk about uh, Annette or, or some of the bigger ones, House of Gucci, which I think is more obvious to, to mm-hmm. pick Adam Driver for anyway, but uh, those are the two that I'm focusing on, Adam Driver and Bradley Cooper. I'm actually most worried about Adam Driver here. Like, I'm feeling like a breakthrough from one of the musicals is gonna be involved here at some point. It so, is. I shunned the musicals way too much for all of my picks. I'll be honest. Truthfully, to get past our shtick, we have no idea who the breakthroughs of these five right. musicals are gonna be. So, right. yeah, we're we're picking chalk picks here. Adam Driver and Bradley Cooper are probably safer names because they're probably gonna wind up in lead. They, they each got three movies and two of the three, at, at the very least, they're going to be leads in. Like, I mm-hmm. think Bradley Cooper's going to be supporting in Soggy Bottom. He's going to be like a high school teacher or the dad, and the movie's going to be about the kid, right? Or the kids, because it's PTA's childhood. But if he's PTA's favorite teacher as a kid, I'm, I'm going with Bradley Cooper here. And it's just, like, historically, Paul Thomas Anderson knows how to get his actors nominated. Like, David O. Russell knows how to get his actors nominated. It's, it's just a safer bet. So Adam Driver is my mo- uh, he's my most worried about pick here because it, it probably has to be his House of Gucci character. Now, based I'm on... I'm surprised you're more worried about Driver than De Niro. Well, I'm, I'm worried about Driver going lead. I just don't know how much of, oh, of, of that movie okay. he's going to be in. Based on the still, I think he's going to be in a lot of it, but maybe not. So Adam Driver, if he's not in a lot of that movie, of course, that that's probably going to be too delicious a role not to nominate him here. Robert De Niro is, is definitely going to be a supporting in both those films, Killers right. of the Flower Moon and, uh, and Canterbury Glass. So he's probably the safest of these picks because he was knocking on the door a few years ago with The Irishman after you know, resurging into the Oscar conversations in a David O. Russell movie, for Christ's sake. Kicking the door open, if you will, with the Irishman. I see what you did. Not full range of motion with his (laughs) hips and legs, but the door nudges open, yes. Uh, Who do you have winning, Mike? All right. Again, it's a kind of a chicken you-know-what pick here, but I'm going to say Bradley Cooper. Oh, you think he finally gets it, huh? He finally gets it. He's been nominated eight times. PTA's favorite teacher memories 
Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm going with Idris Elba. Cool. Why not? Just do it. It's time. Just do it. Just Is he the bad guy in that Western, though? That's my question. I, it's it's irrelevant one. I mean, if he could, but he's better as a bad guy, right? So if he is a bad guy, you would think he's pretty good as a bad guy, right? Yeah. Or is mm. he the parent in the movie? Because then he's it's really a supporting role. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I guess we can just make a prediction now, and it'll be accurate. So we can just say he's whatever we want him to be. That's right. We can retroactively <laughs> do whatever we want. All right, <laughs> let's stick with the guys for a minute. And let's go lead actor now. Michael, we have a bunch of former Oscar winners in the mix. Who jumps out? I, I, I don't know how you can not say Christian Bale for Canterbury Glass if he's working with David O. Russell again. But, I mean, right. Javier Bardem, I know you have your concerns about being the Ricardos. I have. I, I think you've done a great job expressing those concerns. If that movie can be what it could be, uh, Javier Bardem playing Desi Arnaz is, is going to be a big deal. It, I wonder how much the backlash is going to play into that and be used against him in terms of nominating purposes anytime leo is with scorsese killers of the flower moon i don't know how you can vote against that loaded loaded field again denzel is up joaquin phoenix is possible clint eastwood is out there tom hanks is out there my god yeah it's loaded and you're right if javier bardem if he lands that part and if he does it well and every boomer in the academy mm-hmm. every professor emeritus style academy <laughs> member there is going to be crazy over that because they grew up on i love lucy so mm-hmm. yeah if, if that hits that's going to hit big so i'm going to either look like a fool or a genius for my worries <laughs> about being the ricardos that is a me that is me out on a limb uh, yeah I, look there's reason to be concerned i don't think you're crazy by any means Anyway, you're, you're right to mention the loaded field and the huge names, and it's hard not to pick all the huge names. And those those names continue with the former Oscar noms in the mix. we got Chalamet, Don Cheadle from that Soderbergh movie that we're wondering might be poo-pooed, but who knows. Bradley Cooper, he's in another two movies that we didn't even mention before, Maestro and Nightmare Alley, so this could be the year of Bradley Cooper. Cumberbatch we've mentioned from The Power of the Dog. Fassbender. Next goal wins. Mm-hmm. He's overdue. Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom. He's due, right? Hugh Jackman is in a movie that comes out, I think, the summer re- reminiscence or early fall. It's in a weird date, so I'm not necessarily buying in to the Hugh Jackman buzz yet. Dev Patel, Michael. We've seen him fight the Jolly Green Giant, maybe turn into the Jolly Green Giant in the Green Knight. Are you buying Dev Patel stock? It's going to be so interesting to see how that movie is handled by the Academy. If Does somebody in Vegas know something? Because that has had best picture odds that are relatively decent for like two years now. I, I love Dev Patel. Mm-hmm. I can't... I, the Green Knight... I, 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 how is that going to be an Oscars movie with what we've seen from it? I would be shocked. I would just be shocked. <laughs> Didn't you tweet out something about the blank... Video yes. game character. Yes. <laughs> After the trailer, I was laughing. But all right, Richard Jenkins is another name there, former Oscar nom in the mix. Any of those names could, of course, show up. I mean, after we see these movies, we got some intriguing names, though, Michael. Uh, a couple I've seen real quick Winston Duke, Andre Holland, Nine Days and Passing, respectively. Mm-hmm. They're both very good in the movies. I'd be surprised, obviously, if Winston Duke got momentum coming in a little movie like that. And he's excellent in it. It's a strange part for him that he executes really well. So I'd be rooting for it, but it seems like an indie spirit. And, yeah, Nine Days was nominated at last year's Indie Spirit Spirits. So that's probably where he will wind up in, in, from critics' associations. 
Andre Holland and passing another reserved part. Like those, like Ruth Nega, Tessa Thompson, they're all very reserved in that movie. It's hard to predict them in Oscar races where it's just a rarity. It's like one out of the five, like we saw in lead actor last year with Steven Yeun, yeah. right? Especially they, if it's had its debut already in those reserve performances, usually uh, they, there is a history of them getting kind of shunned more so more, more favor for the big emotional ones. Exactly. So, all right, your intriguing names this year. Uh, who am I intrigued by? I, I'm intrigued by Michael Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of questions about the many saints in Newark, but look, the table is set for him. If he does knock that all out of the park, uh, there's an easy narrative there. There's a lot of meat. There's a familiarity with that character. If he does a great job, there's a lot of stuff that's lined up already where that could parlay itself. He could be a huge breakout this year. Maybe he finds himself Oscar nominated. I am fascinated by the many saints of Newark, how it could be a, boomer bust movie i would say because yeah it it could really go south and i think you were right to worry about it in the last episode but if the son honors the father i mean maybe that didn't play with the fincher narrative last year but it could play this year yeah sure i I mean it's 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 absolutely fascinating to me i I, there's there's just so many angles already this is going to be a weird and we have six months seven months to fit this all in by the way so it's, we're going to get to a point where every week we're having multiple storylines to, to dissect and analyze. And the acting categories are going to be wild this year. But all right, let's 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 talk about nominees here, Mike, and let's get into what we think is going to be there at the end of this year. Uh, Christian Bale, mm-hmm. because did you hear what I said before about how he always gets nominated when he works with David O. Russell? He does, especially if he's got wigs that he puts on <laughs> in the movie. You yes, know? exactly. But it all, it all comes down to the wig, as it always should and does <laughs> in our case. Uh, I have him there. I also have Leo from Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only time in six films that Marty and Leo have worked together in which neither one of them ended up with a nominee was Shutter Island, where mm-hmm. I think you could have made the case that either one could have ended up with a nominee anyway. He probably should have been nominated from Shutter Island, right. by the way, as well. So he just got snubbed. Right, exactly. So, like, I mean, just look at the history. Gangs in New York, The Aviator, Departed, Wolf of Wall. If, if that movie comes out this year, which I have my questions about, like I think you do too, but if that movie comes out this year for Apple, I don't see how Leo doesn't make the field, especially with the hot streak he's on right now, and he looks so different. Right, he just is unrecognizable. New York Post from the one still we've seen from Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm, I'm being <laughs> facetious there, but I, I don't see how he doesn't make nomination. For he that looks movie. exactly like his J. Edgar character. <laughs> exactly. What are they doing? I mean, I guess everybody just ignored that movie. But... <laughs> uh, my my final pick here, as we again share some Mahershala Ali. I'm very intrigued by Swan Song, but this is also where I tell you just how impossible this practice is. I want to pick a breakout name. I want mm-hmm. to pick somebody lesser known, but I'm picking what three Oscar winners. <laughs> Yeah, but they typically cross over in in typical years. And I'm with you on two of those. I'm with you on Bale. I'm with you on Leo from Killers of the Flower Moon. And maybe those picks can be 100% accurate the year from now, if not Mm -hmm. this year. So, therefore, this practice can continue with a straight (laughs) face. But Mahershala Ali's movie worries me more than Mahershala Ali. Agree. Agree. It's just got the sci-fi premise that I worry They'll go for, but Apple may have a good slate this year, so we'll see. I have, I have Jason Isaacs from Mass, 
I just think he's too good to snub. I think he's got a few extra scenes where he's going off, and it's a movie that could get snubbed again because it's so sad, but it's so good. It's I kind of so wish they held out they didn't play Sundance because everybody has been so glowing when speaking about that movie. And yes, it's a downer and it's sad, but it's so well done. I, I kind of wish they held that to be released maybe around Cannes or something. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if it got out too early, but I don't know. Maybe But here's the thing. We said it all last year. Last year was the time to sneak those indies in late. Right. We saw the father. Just mm-hmm. we saw Judas and the Black Messiah. Late Breakers had great momentum last year. Everybody grew tired of the other movies. Yep. They would have it would have gotten some juice into that last year. They should have listened to us. Nobody did. Well, except for Sony, but they they're probably too big to listen to us. So they just like knew it. <laughs> no, 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 anyway. no, no. They listened to us. All right. <laughs> we would have been right. Anyway. Okay. So I said I have Leo. I said I have Bale. Now I have Isaacs. I have two more guys here. And these are the two that I share with you. Michael B. Jordan is yeah. going to be in a journal for Jordan. Now, this is because Sony crushed it last year with the father and Anthony Hopkins. They crushed it with that late breaking nominee. This is going to be a late breaker i think uh set in christmas it's set for release in christmas Mm -hmm. denzel washington is directing here so i'm just betting on everybody involved and basically we love michael b jordan and he's just one of those guys that it feels like it's like much like idris elba it feels like it's getting to be that time it it was it was time in black panther it was time in creed the dude was getting oscar buzz for creed michael Never right. mind, you know, his breakthrough in Fruitvale Station or uh, last year, I'm looking at his Just Mercy. Just Mercy, State. that's it, yeah. Like, you know, he was getting buzz for Just Mercy. Ravioli, was, yeah. <laughs> he, he probably came out too late breaking in that movie, and maybe that's a journal for Jordan, but um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on the dad jokes. I won't deliver them now, but I, I like where that, <laughs> that's going, so that's, that's juicy for me too. But we both share... Another still release from the productions that nobody should probably have yet, but we have Will Smith as King Richard, Richard Williams in the Williams sister dad biopic sports movie WB there that we're we're kind of high on. So it's it's Will Smith's time. We can we can make this argument for for all these. Well, guys, that's right? the thing. It's like there's so many A listers that are still in search of their their first Oscar too, and all these. Ch- it's going to be a bizarre year, but bizarre in a very very good way. I think. I hope, and I want to see these movies because, like, my God, if you know anything about the backstory of the Williams sisters and their their right. relationship with their father and that upbringing, it's so dramatic and cinematic, and a story of triumph and and controversy it's just loaded uh will smith's my winner mike wow that's cool i'm 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 rooting for him as well i i i don't know who i'm picking at the end of the day this is probably going to be like all these leads in the musicals anthony ramos peter dinklage if, if harry that's styles a, yeah. winds up in here too from don't don't really worry darling <laughs> are we just gonna like give up on picking yes. these this, yes. this episode will die <laughs> if, if harry styles wins lead at, yeah in this year with this field yes <laughs> all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna trust your powers of prediction and, and go with Will Smith as well as I didn't write anything down and that just sounds right and it hit me right and I got the goosebumps when you said Will Smith would win so that would be cool all right lead actress Michael many former Oscar winners in the mix who jumps out to you 
who jumps out to me? Oh man, talk about look. You're not gonna like it, but I, being the Ricardos is so easily translatable to something that would speak to the Academy. So Nicole Kidman jumps out to me. Francis McDormand. We talked about the tragedy of Macbeth. We don't know what the hell that movie is going to be, but that clearly jumps out to me as well. Mm. Uh, I'm, do you have anything? I mean, Jennifer Hudson, I think is, is something that's respect. We expect that to be a major player. Do you have anything that I'm missing here? Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter. I think that was Lionsgate. Right, they had mm-hmm. they, they, yep. they've been doing some intriguing films lately. Uh, Kate Blanchett, uh, we're going to mention her. Jennifer Lawrence is usually a good bet, right? Yeah. From this time of year, sure. Uh, Tilda Swinton, she's going to be in a couple movies. Uh, Memoria, the three three thousand years of longing. We mentioned these. She might be a supernatural entity. <laughs> That's a good bet as well. Yeah, Marion Cotillard. And that, I, I, again, I'd be shocked. Look, look the, the obvious name in this list that we're not going to mention later is Judy Dench. I, I, I didn't nominate Judy Dench, so she, yeah, she's going to be in Belfast. She's going to be Kenneth Branagh's uh, former mother. <laughs> former mother. Former mother. She retired mother, from the position. Mother, she retired. <laughs> <laughs> mother Emeritus because I mentioned that word before. My God, my brain. (laughs) All right, let's stop beating around the bush. This is all about Glenn Close, right? (laughs) This is all about Glenn Close, and whether or not that movie gets released in time, and Sunset Boulevard, the last she said it, might be filming this summer. Now, if they film it this summer, is that time enough to get the post-production done to release it on Christmas, Michael? I mean... Don't future, rush. Please. Don't rush that movie. That's all I care about. Like, give it time and make it as good as possible. Because if she doesn't win, I don't think Sunset Boulevard is going to come out this year. Uh, mm-hmm. If I just had to guess, but I've been very wrong about that stuff before. I didn't think 1917 was coming out last year, and they made it. So it, it was one it, take, and they finally got it right. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if 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 Glenn Close doesn't actually win for Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. when is she going to? <laughs> it's, again. I think the Academy's ready to give her an award. That's so right. she might be in a movie that's sci-fi, and she might be the neighbor, and she might stub her toe a few times, and that may do it. So Swan not, Song you're talking about with Marshall? We yeah. mentioned this. So, yeah, I, I think she's good. Her next best one is probably going to win for her at this point. It just has to, doesn't it? So I... Agree, but I'm working under the assumption that Sunset Boulevard won't be released this year, so I didn't include her in my five. Okay, so we pro- you probably should have included her in your supporting actress five, because I've said she's going to stub her toe. In this true, that's just... true. That's on me. I forgot, yes. All right, well, <laughs> former Oscar nominees, like you said, Glenn Close, Jessica Chastain has big 1990s hair in the eyes of Tammy Faye. That's her story, too. She owns it. Gaga, McCarthy, former noms, Mulligan... Is going to be in Maestro, which I believe is uh, Bradley Cooper, excuse me, uh, Florence Pugh, Charlotte Rampling, Margot Robbie. All right. We got in some, some intriguing names to go through before we come back to some of those big names, though, Michael. So, Amelia Jones, she's in CODA. You've seen it. You think that's enough, or that's something that can put her on the map? Puts her on the map. She can sing, she can be funny. 
she can make jokes about her parents having sex. Yes. <laughs> Tessa Thompson plays more of a reserved and nuanced role in Passing, which is another one you were high on. I'm surprised, and I shouldn't be, because she's delivered that performance before in Anni- Annihilation, Mike, when we reviewed Tessa Thompson mm-hmm. in Annihilation. So, yeah, no, she's got chops. You already mentioned Martha Plimpton and Ann Dowd, who may be considered in this category instead of supporting. We have Anna de Armas for Blonde. She's also mm-hmm. in Deep Water. We have Anya Taylor-Joy, Last Night in Soho. We hope, we wish. Uh, Jody Turner-Smith after Yang. She was great in Queen and Slim. Again, yes. Kirsten Dunst could be here instead of supporting as well. Rachel Ziegler. There's the name. We yeah. forgot Rachel Ziegler's name because we don't listen to music. That's I just, I so discarded any performances from any musical, and I know that's going to bite me in the ass. Our predictions are going to be 100% accurate. In the fact that we've mentioned that these other names will probably get <laughs> right. nominated exactly the names that we've 100% accurately predicted. Yes. Exactly. But uh, as far as our official predictions, I'm in a weird spot, Mike, because two of my picks are two movies you're extremely worried about. And I get why. But man, Kristen Stewart in that one photo as Princess Diana from Spencer, to me, screams that that's a studio who knows they have a lead actress contender on their hand. And the other one I already kind of alluded to, Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. And that honestly just has more to do with the hot streak she's on and how well Amazon did last year for award season. Of the movies that I was worried about, I'm probably the most hyped up for Spencer. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's the slice of life in Media Rays that uh, I can't watch yet mm-hmm. in The Crown. Like, they're going to release that before <laughs> the season in The Crown. Right. Where we get to see that scene from mm-hmm. Princess Di. So Emma Corrin will actually be following Kristen Stewart. Or it won't be Emma Corrin. It'll be Elizabeth Debicki. See right. what my brain is doing? <laughs> Playing oh, tricks on you. <laughs> Playing tricks. But you're right. So uh, Nicole Kidman is usually a good bet. I can't go with her here. I'm worried about it. Um Kristen Stewart is is a is a dream pick of ours. So we actually uh, share three nominations in common here, Michael. So uh, the first one on your list is one on mine as well. Okay, we have Jennifer Hudson in Respect coming out in August. Now we've seen we've seen Rocket Man come out early. We've seen Bohemian Rhapsody come out late, but be a surprising musical biopic to get nominated and to win for Ronnie mm-hmm. Malik for that matter. So we've seen this genre get nominated from release dates throughout the calendar. I am a little bit worried about the August release date, but yep. maybe it's just the kickoff to Oscar season. We know Jennifer Hudson is going off in the trailer. We know yeah. she's going to bring musical chops that we've never seen, you know, never seen before since she's been in a movie, I guess, or never seen since she's been in a movie uh, in dream girls there. So she's going to, be Aretha Franklin, and she's the only person that can do it. So if that movie is any good at all, and even if it's a 50%er, she's still got a shot, right? Yeah, I I mean, it's, you know, there are red flags as well, but this is another case that we were talking about before. If these movies all live up to their potential, it's a loaded year. It's an absolutely, maybe one of the most loaded we've had in the last, like, 20 years or so. But, yeah, if, if Jennifer Hudson, as Aretha Franklin, can live up to its potential, how does she not get nominated? I'm choosing to believe it will. Well, somewhere Glenn Close's team is writing a movie about her stubbing her toe as a nosy neighbor. <laughs> it's just a backup to Sunset Boulevard. So I'm guessing that'll get released if Sunset Boulevard does not. So Glenn Close is going to be in my five. But okay, I'm, I'm curious which of these three 
you 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 share in common with me here, Mike. I have Lady Gaga from House of Gucci. She is one of them. Yes. I have Florence Pugh from Don't Worry Darling. I'm very torn between Pugh and your next name. I think I'm going to go with Florence Pugh just because of this seems to be the era of Florence Pugh. But (laughs) Kate Blanchett has an Oscar already. (laughs) Nightmare Alley. I'm guessing that's film noir. I'm guessing she's going to be like Barbara Stanwyck in that movie. So I'm going with the three of those actresses who I love and who I am rooting for whenever they have something coming out. So I even watched Kate Blanchett's FX miniseries because I couldn't help it. And it she's was about, great. She's great. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So it's hard not to pick again, uh, pick them. I don't know who's going to win here because... Wait a minute. I you have Glenn Close, Close in your five and you're not picking her? <laughs> Well, I don't know if she's going to be released, so I, I made a caveat, you see, okay. because Glenn Close is going to win an Oscar. When right. will she win an Oscar? <laughs> my my powers are vague. Like there's haze, right? There's it's the Lord of the Rings, mid of mid mid Act Two prophecy is cloudy. Okay, portion okay. of the show. So I got I'm, I'm worried about picking Glenn Close at this point, but I'm picking her eventually. So, yes, if Glenn Close releases Sunset Boulevard this year, she's winning this. I agree. I agree with that. So what's your backup? My backup is a – it's just tough. I wanted to go with Gaga, but then I'm thinking about, all right, Gaga is going to be in this fun movie that everybody wants to see, that everybody's going to love, we think, we hope. Italians just arguing with each other in and out of a courtroom. I like it. Fashion, I like it. 1990s i love it she's acting in a movie without singing though so i'm it's a little off of the barbara streisand playbook Mm -hmm. so i just can't quite go with gaga okay go with florence Pugh. wow to make Wojciech happy to make myself happy it's probably not going to come true but i want to will it to come true but like i said it's a backup to glenn close florence Pugh, don't worry darling i want that movie to be great olivia wilde's script was in a bidding war it's it's going to be cool harry styles is going to give it the the zeitgeisty boy band bump uh but he's better than that he's actually a pretty darn good actor uh, after we saw him in dunkirk there so yeah this could be a cool movie florence Pugh. Gemma Chan, Gemma Chan, I got to learn how to pronounce her name. Could be supporting actress conversation as well. Florence Pugh's just been knocking on the door. She's been great in a, in a couple movies in the last few years. Again, Wojcik, this is for you. <laughs> There's so many movies <laughs> that are so high in intrigue that aren't musicals that right. I just want to be so good because we know at least one of the musicals already is so good. At least, I mean, Amanda said she heard people who've seen In the Heights and weren't wowed by it, which is the first I had ever heard of that because everybody I know that has seen In the Heights said it was great and worth the money and, and all this, all these accolades. Um, True. I, like you, am hoping for a movie to kind of propel somebody who I really like forward. I'm picking Kristen Stewart. So we mm-hmm. are going to have a year-long kind of back and forth you and i between what spencer is and what we expect it to be and we should have had a year-long rewatch of the crown and (laughs) only one of us only one of us jumped in on that we can move on to best director in our final two categories here michael former oscar winners in the mix 10 of them joe cohen 
Macbeth there, Clint Eastwood, Cry Macho, Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu. We haven't mentioned Limbo enough, no. but that's a wild card. Yeah. I don't think anybody even owns that. I don't even know. Scorsese, of course, Ridley Scott times two. Soderbergh is probably unrealistic to mention, but a great cast. HBO Max movies, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, Del Toro, Nightmare Alley, and Chloe Zhao, Eternals. <sighs> Loaded. <laughs> Like, how do you how do you break through when this is the field you're up against? Never mind the former best director Oscar noms, PTA out Paul Thomas Anderson for Soggy Bottom, Jane Campion. We already mentioned the power of the dog. Kenneth Branagh's here. Terrence Malick, The Way of the Wind. We haven't mentioned yet. Tom McCarthy. Look, Tom McCarthy is an Oscar nom. We despite how the Stillwater trailer looks to us. True. Uh, Adam McKay for Don't Look Up, obviously Villeneuve for Dune, George Miller for 3,000 Years of Longing. We talked about David O. Russell. Uh, we talked about Richard Linklater. Just loaded. So, Mike, go ahead. What's your five? Your five mm-hmm. I would love. I'm being I'm being hopeful with this five, mm-hmm. and here we go. PTA from Soggy Bottom. Sure. Uh, I can't wait for him to have his day. I think he will eventually, and I agree with uh, Little Gold Men and their crew over there. They... They think the Academy's ready to give him an award. ASAFP. Yeah. Denzel Washington. Again, I think Sony knows what they're doing in terms of posturing late breakers. A journal for Jordan. Here's where my dream of a father-son Washington double (laughs) nomination finally comes true. It could be. We never know. We do know. We're saying certainly for sure. So, yeah. Olivia Wilde, again, I'm just getting great vibes from Don't Worry, Darling. Is it a cult movie? Is it not a cult movie? I hope that's so good. I hope it's as good as it can be. The still is so cool. Did you see it on IndieWire? It was like this neon still of Florence Pugh right up against the camera there. Oh, I can't wait. Look, if Scorsese comes out with Killers of the Flower Moon, he's a good bet. Same as David O. Russell. I'm leaving a spot open for one of those two, but I'm also thinking, Michael, Mm -hmm. one of those two movies just too big to get done in time. So one of them will be next year. I'm with you. I, I'm working under the assumption that Killers of the Flower Moon isn't going to come out this year. Right. So my last pick, my last pick in the five is just, I can't pick against her because everything she's done has been great. Eric said he heard that Eternals was great. So Chloe Zhao, keep the trend rolling. F it, let's go. I, I, th- I think I'm going with her over Spielberg, Joe Wright, even Lin-Manuel Miranda for a musical, and I'm probably dumb in that sense, but I guess I would move PTA out before I would even move Chloe Zhao out, and that's probably dumb to think that an MCU movie is going to get a Best Director nom, but because it's Chloe, I'm going with her. Yeah, I mean, if anyone could, Lord knows. I would also just love to go back through Oscars history and see how many directors have had back-to-back years of nominations. Yeah, that's fascinating in its own right. So I love your five. I mean, there's probably like a 0.2% chance of it happening. <laughs> How dare you? But, <laughs> no, you're right. No, this year. No, you're right. It's 100%. I, I, I spoke out of turn there. That's my fault. But here's the wrench I'll throw into, into the pit here. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be exactly what Steven Spielberg was thinking when he was pushing so hard to remake West Side Story. Because more often than not, when a musical is nominated for Best Picture, its director gets into the Best Director field. Right. Uh, La La Land. Uh, Chicago, going all the way back to all that jazz, cabaret. I went through a list of like 25 musicals, and I think something like 20 of them, uh, of the 25 musicals who were nominated for Best Picture, like 20 of them had director crossovers. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have your Moulin Rouge every once in a while where the director is snubbed, but historically this has been the case. So if In the Heights is as good as everyone says, despite its summer release date, 
John Chu is already a guy who had so many fans wanting him to get nominated for Crazy Rich Asians. I could yep. see him easily making this field. I wanted to go with him here, but it was it was he's been such a blockbuster director mm-hmm. of late, and even even the movies that he did before that were super popular movies. I just haven't seen him do an awardsy film yet that that broke through on that level. Let's just say so. Crazy Rich Asians was like a crossover hit, so. I'm I'm with you in the hopes that he'll be there, and I hope he's the name if one of these musicals does follow the stats like you said. I I don't know how you pick a director for if, if again we we're being optimists here, which is a new role for both of us at some points because we want all of these movies to be so good in such a truncated space, and it would just be maybe the best six month for film ever if it if that's the case. So. I have a couple other to keep your name on. Uh, it's another name you're going to hear me talk about, but Park Chan-wook, I think I would uh, <laughs> I would be keeping my eye on as well. I want David O. Russell to be there. I want PTA to really be there. I'd love if Denzel is there. I don't, who do you pick, Mike? Who's your winner? It's hard. First, it's so can I first hard. say, if Park Chan-wook gets an Oscar-nominated film, I, I will just dance in the streets because his whole <laughs> career has been so weird he's such a maniac i know I've, I've seen oh my god like that would be the craziest thing like le- the last movie was like his tamest and it was still about octopuses and i know oh my goodness gracious all right that, that would be fun but who am i picking i gotta go with a i mean ugh. <laughs> I gotta go with one of the bigger names, or do I? Like, uh, directors not where they go out on limbs. We know this, right? It's, the branch is just. I'll, I'm gonna say Denzel, even though wow. I'm thinking PTA walks out of this award show with a trophy. So if he does the Roma Passion Project thing, if he goes that track, I could see him walking out with a trophy. But it might be in screenplay, right? It might be an original sure. screenplay. Anyway, I kind of kind of tip my hat to PTA, but I'm I'm going Denzel Washington. Canterbury Glass is shaping up to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for me. Read up, yeah, because I'm just very excited. I'm very attracted to the people who are involved with that movie. Mm-hmm. I have Physically very high hopes. Yeah, right. sexually, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with David O. Russell. That's more of a hope than anything. And you could be right next year, which is what usually happens with these and how we hedge. Um, All right. In perpetuity. Right. (laughs) Let's go with the the big boy. Best picture. Final category. We went over pretty much everything that's on the table in this miniseries, previewing uh, the upcoming year. And by year, I mean the next seven months or so. We know it's going to be ten. We do. I didn't even have a tenth. I have nine. I don't know what to pick for my 10th because I don't want the list to end because I want all these to be good. But let's uh, let's go through, Mike. Let's see what we have in common. All right. Canterbury Glass and Killers yes. of the Flower Moon, even though I said only one will be released, this I, I can't pick They're both in my list, too. <laughs> you have to pick them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Agree. All right. I have been super high on Don't Worry Darling from Olivia Wilde based on the buzz that just gives me goosebumps, for Christ's sake. Or maybe that's just Harry Styles. Damn it. No, you know what? I'm putting that in. I didn't have it in, but I need a tenth. But I want that to be as good as as you seem to as well. So, yeah. All right. Don't worry, darling. We're three that's for three. 
that's in my wanna have it so bad category. Yeah. I mean, last night Soto, Soto, Soho <laughs> is what I really want. I would say because Edgar Wright's my right. favorite filmmaker since I, I grew up, I guess, and I want him there. But I can't. It's it's such a weird plot line that mm-hmm. I can't go that I, far. I avoided yet. it. I avoided it as well. The harder they fall, uh, Samuel King, Elba, Majors, Beats, Lindo. This is a, a movie that, that has the cast for it, Netflix behind it. If it's a cool-ass Western, maybe that's just what we've been craving, right? We, we haven't had it in a while. If it's this big net, Netflix Western, that I might hit. I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in because I had Encanto thinking Encanto was Pixar. Oh. But I'm going to take Encanto out, and I'm going to put in The Harder They Fall. All right, that's cool. I'll allow it. I okay. think Thank I you. think that's cool because it's because it's a cool ass movie premise. And I have Idris Elba winning the Oscar. You do. So, so you yeah. have crossover, you have coattails that need to be made. Right. Okay. All right, here's where uh, all right, let's just go through the 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 predictable titles first. House of Gucci, I think yes. we're both high on that. We're we're not differentiating ourselves no. because a lot of people think the Ridley Scott Lady Gaga Adam Driver movie is going to be there we I picked Salma Hayek already Jared Leto is in a uh, big suit there <laughs> yes to say and if he narrates the audiobook I may not be able to stay away from the audiobook like if he in character narrates the audiobook mm-hmm. I'm in trouble I didn't look at who who's the narrator but okay House of Gucci in the Heights yes I think we're both I think we're both in line that we want that big happy movie this year, a movie yep. that celebrates community. That makes some sense. Everybody seems to love it. All right. I'm wondering how many more musicals are going to be in here. Is it Tick, Tick, Boom? Is it West Side Story? Is it Cyrano? I'm guessing we're going to have another musical, but I'm, I'm a little afraid to pick them right now. So I didn't gonna, put any. I'm going to go with the dramas. I'm going to go yeah. with the dramas. WB's got a drama and King Richard. I didn't put it in. I'm but playing. I have it winning Best Actor. You do have it winning Best Actor. So, again, it's in the conversation. Yeah. It could make some sense. Maybe they held it for a reason because they wanted to make big money off of it. And Will Smith could have that Oscar campaign going. Soggy that Bottom. makes a lot of sense, yeah. PTA. Again, if it's a PTA movie. If it's good. If it's a passion project. I just think uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is ripe for awards. I agree with people. I a journal have, for Jordan. I don't, I can't I don't have it. I don't have Soggy Bottom in, and I don't have a journal for Jordan in. Are all four of those dramas with Don't Worry Darling gonna get in here? Probably not. But those are, you know, those are movies that I, I just think, I just think they're on the radar. Two of them may come through, and maybe my, our noms aren't one hundred percent accurate. Only, only our winners. How dare you? I don't know how our powers work, <laughs> which I probably should at this point. We're okay. like we're the students in Professor Xavier's school. We're still trying to hone them. That's right. And speaking of Marvel, Eternals. God, I'm I would picking love that. Eternals. Chloe Zhao on Buzz Alone. Eric Weber. I want that to be as good as you have it positioned to be. I would love if Chloe Zhao goes back to back and Eternals makes Best Picture. That would be the coolest thing ever, right? I mean, so it's a big Marvel movie in a year that that movies return, hopefully to cinemas, and hopefully make it work with the streaming day and date thing. And, and if one of those if Killers of the Flower Moon does come out, we could have a Scorsese versus Marvel battle in a couple categories, which would be its own kind of fun. That'd be great. Excellent, and he respects Chloe Zhao, so that mm-hmm. would be a 
coming together of two styles of cinema, tentpole cinema. Man, okay. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's recap here. So, Canterbury Glass. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, darling. The harder they fall. House of Gucci. In the Heights. Killer of the Flower Moon. What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six in common. Right. Okay. Uh, I have being the Ricardos on mine. I can't blame you. If if it hits, it's going to hit big. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel I'm very worried about it. Uh, but I'm just kind of again Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem, Amazon. I'm I'm playing the odds there. I have Green book. Yeah, I mean a lot of movie. It's following a template that is tried and true with Academy Awards. Those biopics. Biopics. Yeah. Yeah, boomers watch it, love it, makes sense. I put Decision to Leave on, the Park Chan-wook movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing the Parasite two years ago, Minari last year. Here's another South Korean filmmaker in Park Chan-wook who's already an established entity. He's a BAFTA winner. His CV precedes him in America already. Everyone knows Old Boy. Everyone knows The Handmaiden. They know how good those are. This movie has a premise that's intriguing. A detective investigating a man's death in the mountains meets the dead man's mysterious wife in the course of his dogged sleuthing. Dogged sleuthing <laughs> in a premise. I love, oh my God, Get, put, put that movie in my veins. I'm excited to see it. I, I really am. I like, uh, Old Boy blew me away when I first saw it. And I oh. knew what Old Boy's twist was going into the movie. And it still blew me away. So I'm very, very hopeful. My God, dogged sleuthing. He's such a maniac, though. His, his movies are crazy. I hope so, but I, I would be surprised if that hit. But look at you're right. The embrace of South Korean cinema right. is it's long overdue by, by American audiences, but it's happened. And it's, it's, it's really exciting because it's opened the door, like Bong Joon-ho said, to international cinema right. in general. Uh, I, I, I do think it's important for, for the Academy to keep that trend going, and it's probably going to keep going, even if it's not this movie. It's going to, again, you're, you're going to be accurate and 100%. Mm-hmm. True, true. Maybe, again, prophecies work in strange ways. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting to see what, it doesn't have a U.S. distributor yet, so depending on what studio picks that up, it could be positioned as an awards film. We'll, we'll see. I'm going out on a limb. I understand that. But again, just kind of studying history, recent history, and playing the odds a little bit. Um, I'm also putting Don't Look Up in Best Picture. Yeah, I that's don't, probably a good pick. I don't feel all that confident about it, but if it's not this movie, what movie does Netflix get behind as its big Best Picture bet? Well, we were hoping The Harder They Fall, yeah. which you added. Yeah. Uh, which I added. That's the, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Tick, Maybe tick, the, boom, yeah. I don't, I don't know why Tick, Tick, Boom doesn't speak to me as an awards. And obviously, if I'm 100% accurate, if it doesn't speak to me, that means it's out. So You have Andrew Garfield issues, is why that I is, think that's, happening there. I think you're absolutely right. And it's not Andrew Garfield's <laughs> fault. It's a you problem. But you do. I just know you for a while. I think, I think you may have hit the nail on the head. That was the easiest therapy session I've ever had in my life. Very good. <laughs> uh, the only other movie I have on my list that you did not is Nightmare Alley, the the, uh, the Guillermo del Toro movie. And a lot of people have that as well. I, I think th- those are good bets, Mike. Those are good bets. They seem like they're getting a lot of buzz. Guillermo del Toro's got a, got the track record uh, recently, of course. Shape of Water there. Nightmare Alley just it worries me in the sense that, and this is a dumb argument. It's the argument I made about Anthony Hopkins, right, last mm-hmm. year. If he was the best actor, wouldn't we have been told by now, man? (laughs) 
from Sundance and nobody told me. So even though Ryan McQuaid kind of told me, <laughs> damn it. He did. He told me we did a full Oscar special. I talked to him for like five hours straight and <laughs> recorded it. And he told me and I didn't remember, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the if we knew that Nightmare Alley was this irresistible film noir from the 50s, wouldn't it have been remade by now? This is my argument, and it's a dumb one, but everybody wanted to do it for Guillermo del Toro. All the, this great cast it's loaded, and it's probably going to be there. You're probably right. All I know is as pessimistic as I was for the last 15 months about the film year, Yeah, I'm so excited for the next seven or eight here. I mean, uh, the, there are so many movies, musical, different genre pictures. I'm just so intrigued and excited and hopeful more than anything. I'm just very, very hopeful that this year turns out to be at least like three quarters of what it could be and what its promise and potential is. So the question that I have immediately is how fast you're poisoned in the opposite yeah. direction by high expectations, too yeah. high expectations, that you are, you really are a romantic at heart, Mike. You really are. <laughs> Despite all your cynicism. My posturing. This is all just one giant facade. <laughs> yeah, you're a big mush. You're a big mush who just wants to love. Uh, yeah, well, that's how I've been described, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make a best picture pick. Is this impossible? It's what so impossible. <laughs> it's so impossible. <laughs> uh, I mean, you've been trending in one direction all day. I have. I have. I'm very hopeful for it. I. I okay. I was going to do House of Gucci. I think that's... So was the, I. That's the one everyone's picking right now. I will yes. pick Canterbury Glass. And I will be... I'm, I'm trying to protect myself from going full Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Because I think I went a little overboard a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, you're a big David O. Russell fan from I am. Short, from uh, American something. What right. It? Hustle. Hustle. American Russell, yeah. Silver Linings Playbook. There was a debacle episode that you hated, then you loved that movie. You Correct. Were, right. Correct. So, yeah. Big movie fan. That's, that's, I, you talked me into it. I wasn't going to pick Canterbury Glass, but I will pick Canterbury Glass. So, you, so I really got to go with a favorite here, too, then. I think and that's I, fair. And I don't want to be wrong immediately after we see In the Heights. Okay. I, I, I was immediately going to pick In the Heights, mm -hmm. like I've kind of hinted at before. Summer release, too. That'd be tough. It would be tough. So that's why I'm just going to pick the buzzy title right now and be wildly wrong with an Olivia Wilde movie. I don't like worry, it. darling. Good. Good for you. Let's Good for you. One out. Wojcik at the end of the day, but I'm going big and I'm probably going home. Don't worry, darling's going to win Best Picture. Good for you. Go with it. Stick to your guns. You're very high and hopeful on that. I'm high and hopeful on it. I just I just feel like everybody's talking about it. It's got the cool still. Olivia Wilde's got a, got a track record that I love. I mean, she's that talented from uh, Booksmart. She might break through early. I mean, we've yeah, seen yeah. this happen from act actors turned directors. If that movie is a Best Picture contender, she's going to be nominated for director. No doubt. I'm in. I'm ready. Let's see it. Man, can't what, wait. A, what a potential year. What a potential year. You're right. I can't wait to see how quickly I sour on all of this. <laughs> the first movie I see that doesn't live up to my wild expectations is just going to plummet the whole year for me. 
<laughs> In the Heights better be good. For the <laughs> sake. And you're already hyped on A Quiet Place 2, which is yeah, coming out next. I am. I am. Uh, we have not seen this, the screener for it, but everyone who did said it was very, very good, if not better than the first Quiet Place. So, hmm. oh boy. Oh boy. And we got a Fast and Furious series on top of all of it, Mike, coming up. We've been watching them. And they've been better <laughs> than we thought. I, I'll, or, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll say it right now. I was just MFing you up and down via text when the first movie started. But then it took hold and it turned into Point Break. And I was like, this works. Point Break for Gearheads. It just works. Let's get nine of these movies. Let's get ten of these movies. Yeah, let's review them all. Let's go. So that's, that is on the horizon after you are done placing your bets on our 100% accurate picks. But guys, as always, we want to hear from you. What are your 100% accurate predictions in any of the big categories? Let us know, as well as any comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us all of those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter. And if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app, if you would be so kind as to tap on our cartoon faces, leave us a five-star review uh if you appreciate what we do here we would certainly appreciate that mike we just talked about what's next Mm -hmm. so let's talk about some words of wisdom to go out on oh this is the opposite of that especially (laughs) for you but i will say it anyway because i again i'm speaking from the heart Uh it's get excited about movies again people get excited get hyped yeah these are some juicy titles and i do think it's wise to have faith in this industry again wherever we see the movies I, I do think it, it, it's wise to get hyped for them. I think we are really rejuvenated after this mini series. Yeah, you know, coming off the year we just no came question. off of. So this is the perfect timing. So there's certain things about our programming that just flow and that work. We want to do a like a big couple week series previewing the next year after we come out of the last one, even if it's midway through this one, <laughs> even if it's summer. Uh, yeah, guys, hey. When reality sucks, you can come get ready for the next film year with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar, trying to make award season year-round without the stuckiness. We will see you all very soon. See you.